Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. Everybody's got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Save this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice bug. Boom! It's a 170. That was money. I think it's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes with episode two with Cody Hoon. I was having so much fun with Cody. I've been trying to keep these episodes an hour, an hour and a half, and I could tell that we were going to stretch it out a little bit longer. Um, he kind of sped up the storytelling on this end. It made it a little bit quicker, but uh, it's still a really good episode. He had so many encounters out there on public land. The guy's all over deer, and he was giving away a lot of good intel on how people can find these bucks and how they can backtrack them. The long lining he mentioned in the first episode, um, finding the beds, and then figuring out if it's a buck he can actually hunt or not hunt was really cool to me and really interested. I really enjoyed talking to him and getting you know in his head with Whitetail. The guy is completely obsessed with it. Um, he's given up a lot to be able to hunt the way he hunts. Um, so I don't want to hold back part two from you guys anymore. Let's get into the show. But first, 
we got to thank the people that make this possible. Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, guys, I know I've talked about the render. I've talked about the the new rival cam, the, the MMT arrows. Um, today I'm going to hit you with the uh, the SP18 solar panel um, that they have. It comes with a built-in re- rechargeable lithium battery. And with the price of lithiums where they're at now and lithium being really hard to get and the electric car push being so high, I think lithium batteries are just going to go higher and higher and higher. So I'm going to purchase quite a few of these uh, solar panels. Something that I haven't ran in the past, but after doing a bunch of research, um, the, uh, the it comes with a one-year warranty. It, it's good till negative uh, 22 and up to 150 degrees. So that's the kind of sometimes I was kind of worried about. And they guarantee a 100% battery source, uh, nonstop power supply, and 24-7 uh, reliable battery life. So you're never going to get to 50% and be like, man, I got to go change that cam. Like you're always going to have a 100% cam that's working at the best capacity possible. Um, so it's definitely something I'm going to be digging into and, um, and at least buying – two, three, four of these and putting them on those cams way deep that I don't I don't want to go in and mess with um, and change those batteries out for the year. Because like I said, they're 80 bucks, but at the price of lithiums, I mean, they're like damn near $2 a piece. So you're, you know, a couple battery swipes, you know, and you got, you got this thing covered. So definitely going to look into that. But that's just another thing that they offer is those solar panels that a lot of companies don't offer. So if that's something you're interested in, check them out at Exodus Outdoor Gear. Next on the list, we got Bag of Jerks. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention about them, like I said, they are a new jerky company, extremely high quality, a lot of good flavors, extremely tender. But a lot of people offer elk, buffalo, deer, venison. Um, but, man, they got yak jerky, um, shark, turtle, salmon, ostrich, goose, duck, ahi tuna, um, they have a wild variety of jerky, um, along with their, you know, their original beef jerky that everybody loves. Um, but I'm kind of excited to to try some of the duck, um, and the wild salmon, snapping turtle, you know, that that kind of stuff. They also have the hot sauces if you're a hot sauce fan. Um, they got a lot of good stuff on their website at a reasonable price. Really, all high quality ingredients, and like I said, they're just brand new on the market. Um, so it's something that a lot of people don't know about, but if you're interested, that's at www.bagofjerks.com you can check out all their inventory there. And also I do have that discount code that 10% off. If you guys are in the game, reach out and I'll hook you up with that code. If not, it is on my socials. Um, all right, let's get into the show. All right. Well, we're back with Cody. Um, we were having so much fun. We, you know, we, we ended it, which was kind of a surprise. I talked to Cody. I said, I think this is the first time I've ever done this. Um, but the content was so good, and I, I'm vibing with you, man. We're Cody and Cody just in a room vibing right now about <laughs> whitetail hunting. Um, so we're coming out with your part two of uh, Hunting Giant bu- Public Land Bucks with, with Cody Hoon. And uh, I, like I said, dude, I'm I'm enjoying this a ton. Um, and we were, we were at, you know, 50, 55 minutes. I'm like – Let's just stop, wrap it up, and the next, next, you know, the guests can look forward to you next week coming on and, and listening to the rest of your story. And hopefully, they listen to that podcast, went and watched some of your videos, and then now they kind of know what's coming. You know, they kind of got a little, 
a little uh, little intel on that as well and, and, and what's coming with these stories. So let's get right back into it, man. Um, we are we're at the point where, you know, you, you made the shot on the, the giant buck. Was it didn't turn out the way you wanted? Um, where did it go from there? Yeah, man. So <laughs> definitely I was a little bit of a Debbie downer for a couple of days. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I spent a couple of days. I did. I, I didn't, I quit hunting for a couple of days just to do my due diligence. And I spent, I believe the 21st, the 22nd and the 23rd putting out cameras and double and triple checking my cameras, you know, getting them on some spots and getting on some of my other cameras and just making sure that, all right, he, he is alive. Or, you know, if he was dead, I, I was going to find him. man. I, I spent those three days basically walking every square inch. It was, it was crazy. So, but, uh, man, after, after that, it, it was pretty, uh, like I said, I was, I was a little bit of a Debbie Downer, man. And, uh, I just, I couldn't really, I had a hard time finding mature bucks at that point because now we're talking, we're getting in the, into late season. Right. And so we're getting out of that rut and I was so, I was after Caesar. I was so dedicated to him. All these other rut bucks have, have disappeared. And I'm really looking at this point for where I'm going to find uh, a late season buck. And I have videos up until this point on the channel. So people have either seen them already or, or, uh, can go and watch them. I did actually get on some bucks. Unfortunately, they just weren't caliber of bucks. I was after they, they, they were more of like that 140 class, 130 class range. And I know for a lot of guys are like, wow, you know, and, and, and that's awesome. Uh, I, I still get, you know, don't, don't get me wrong, man. A, a freaking spike comes in and I'm jazzed. I'm, I'm shaking in the tree. It's serious. And the day I lose that will be the day I quit hunting. I swear to you. But, uh, you know, that I just, I had, I have goals, high goals set for myself. And I wanted these caliber of bucks and that, that I knew I could get on. And so I wanted that, I guess you could say top 5%. And I wanted to do it on film and I wanted to do it, you know, on film, in daylight, clean shot, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to build a channel and you're not going to build a channel with a bunch of, uh, off camera shots or, or, uh, things like that. I mean, you can, but you know, I'm trying to do what I'm doing for myself anyway. Um, so we're getting in the late season and I had a, numerous encounters, like I said, on the, on the channel, we have all these encounters and, uh, the gun season rolls around Well, I opt into the late muzzleloader. So I personally like to go for late muzzleloader. I believe there's less mature bucks on public, but the ones you do find are a little more patternable. And I personally, a lot of guys hate it. It, it, it really is feast or famine. Late muzzleloader on public land, it, it's, it's extremely tough. But if, if you can find the bucks, it's phenomenal. And I, man, my late season. So now we're, we're jumping forward here into late muzzleloader, which is december 20th through january 10th if i'm not mistaken and um now we're jumping we're jumping forward into into late muzzleloader here and like i said i i don't have that many mature bucks left that are hanging around on public i have all my cameras out and looking but i have a few and so i'm starting to hunt these these bucks in late season and i'm passing some of them we're getting to the point where I don't have episodes out for this yet. I'm still, I still have eight or nine episodes to produce. So you're getting the scoop before everybody else gets to see them. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. One thing uh, I will mention this time frame right now 
is the absolute hardest time for me to get on bucks. Like that after the rut, the 27th of November to the the 20th or the 27th of November to the 20th of December, that time frame somewhere in there, man, it's tough for me to get on bucks, dude. Um, yeah. every year, um, like I said, I killed one the 26th or 27th this year. Um, but we had a cold front come in finally, but it seems like in December, but it seems like that stretch of time is just devastating for me. Like I, I'm, I've lost a lot of bucks, you know, people have killed them in the rut or, uh, you know, they've moved from their rut range or, you know, the cams that I had, they're not set up for that time frame. Um, and they're all been pressured. So this is a really hard time for me to, to get on deer and, and you're still all over them at this time. So, um, yeah, yeah. I actually arguably had a better late season than I did a, a normal bow season. Um, I, I seen, there was only one day of the entire late season that I didn't see a Pope and younger bigger. That's crazy. So, yep. And, uh, that's, we'll get into a story, uh, Gary from the hunting beast. Uh, he, he called me spoiled because I complained that one day and he, <laughs> he, he looked at me. He's like, dude, <laughs> come on. Well, yeah, sorry. My bad. But, um, so, so we're getting into that late season. We'll, we'll talk about Gary in a second too, but, um, we're getting into that late season and, you know, I'm seeing these bucks and, uh, just, I mean, every single day I'm, I'm on some of these bucks and they're just not quite the caliber of bucks I want. And I noticed really heavily November like 25th. Um, it was, it was like 80% of my mature bucks just dropped off of public land and that rolled into the gun seasons in December and they really disappeared. And so I'm starting late season pretty fresh with only a handful of like 140 class mature bucks. Um, you know, and I'm trying to target that at least if I was going to go after the 140 class, I was going to target a higher age class. So I had a couple, uh, bucks that I knew had to be like six, seven years old. And I'm like, okay, they're probably high forties, maybe low fifties. So we'll, we'll start targeting them, you know, like big eights and, uh, which is something I usually shy away from unless they're just huge. Um, I try to go for like unique characteristics or, or whatnot and, um, just something I like to do. But anyway, <clears throat> so trying to track, I'm at this point, I'm trying to, I'm, man, I'm, I'm almost panicking. I'm, I'm just scouring every place I can hanging cameras everywhere, trying to find where the food sources are either on or adjacent to a pu to public land, trying to see if, you know, I, there would be nights, man, where I would sit during just before muzzleloader started, where I would sit on a road on a top of a, a, on a ridge and the public would be off to, you know, my South and to the North would be private. And you're talking like a half a mile by the crow flies, but I know on the private land, there's some, some standing ag or food plots. And I would sit on that road and glass, just trying to see if there's buck coming from the, these ridges on the public because, you know, there's long lining off the public, you know, over to these private, uh, like food sources. And man, like I said, I scoured every food source that was on public or adjacent to it. And I, I man, it was, it was a lot of work. And, and I kid you not, I come up with just a handful of bucks. So late season, 
like you said, it's extremely difficult, especially on public land. I mean, uh, Bill Winkie even released a, a video talking about it. And I think he, uh, he pretty much said, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that guy that hasn't filled his tag for public land <laughs> for late season, you know, muzzleloader. Um, and, uh, so I was, I was kind of bleak, you know, I was, I was a little bummed out from the whole situation with Caesar, but you know, man, again, staying positive. So I'm, I'm hitting the ground running, still doing it, doing everything I can. And I come up with a couple bucks. So I really get on some of these bucks and I have the first really good encounter that I have. It's, uh, you remember when we had that crazy temperature drops and all that snow come in? Yeah. That's when I, that's when I killed. It was right after that really, really cold. Was it the one in December is the one you're talking about? Mm, yeah yeah yep. and yep. right at the end of december there yep. yep that's when i killed um we had those really really cold snap come through um snow it got like yep. single digits um that's when i that's when i killed that's when i had the they don't hit my late season food plot until it gets like that yeah so so that cold that big you know all that snow comes in and i think it was i was out there in a saddle and i think it was it was negative like 10 or 15 or something like that, that day. And I'm, I'm bundled up and I'm sitting again, trying to long line, trying to catch these bucks long lining. And, um, there's some standing beans on public and there are actually guys hunting the beans. <laughs> and I'm, I had walked, I had met him at the parking lot and I'm like, Hey, where are you guys going? You know, I don't want to hunt on top of each other. This guy's like, I'm hunting this side of the field. I'm hunting this side of the field. I'm hunting here. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go this way. And so I walk straight through the food source You know, I go all the way down to like this, this pinch where there, there's this Creek crossing. And I'm hoping that I could catch these bucks in the daylight coming from there. There's multiple good bedding opportunities. And I, I couldn't for the life of me decide where I thought this one mature buck was coming or these couple mature bucks were coming from. I had an option of, of a clear cut, a little kind of a thicket down in the bottom. And then there was like a thermal hub option and I just couldn't, couldn't pick. And I didn't want to go in there and, and screw anything up by cross getting, you know, going deep and crossing in there. So I was like, you know what? I got the gun. I'll go hunt that pinch and we'll work our way back. So I get to that pinch that night. And um, again, this video is not out yet, but it, it will be soon. I passed these two really nice bucks. I, both of them are right around Pope and Young, and they're, oh man, uh, 15, 20 minutes before dark. They they come out, they cross that creek, they walked right, I mean, right in the open, right in front of me. And before that, I had some does that were, <laughs> they were unfortunately, they took a weird trail below me, and they they wanted to sit down there and and you know, blow at me for like 20 minutes. I'm surprised the bucks even come out, but they end up finally working their way off. Then those bucks come out and it's, it's basically dark. I mean, I have shut the camera off at this point. I do have, you'll see the footage. There might be like a, a shadowy leg that I get on, get in frame, but it's, it's dark, dark. And, um, you know, it, it's maybe a minute or two left of shooting light. And, it's, it's pretty overcast. We got that snow coming down. You really can't see much. And lo and behold, I look up as I'm about packing everything up. And here are two. I pulled up the binos and they both look like tens. The two tens that I knew were in that area. One of them, he's a clip. He has both of his ears are clipped for some reason. Like they have like notches in them and he has to be 
mid to high 50s. And then the other 10, I had to be really careful about because I knew he was in the 30s. And I see these two 10-point frames. Like I said, they're just shadows, basically. I, I look down, I got like a minute left of shooting. I kind of get the camera on him. I might have like a leg or something, but I'm like, okay, camera's useless. So we shut that off, you know, and I'm looking and I'm looking. And and the the bigger of the two is in the back. He's the very last of all these deer because there was a couple other little bucks with them and some does. And the very last, you know, the biggest of them all coming out and he kind of gets to a point where you can kind of get some of that reflection of the, uh, like the, uh, the like sunset behind him still. And I can just, I can just see him and he kind of turns and he looks at me and I, and I realized then I'm like, that's the clip deer 10, you know, and he's 60 yards right now. And I didn't, I never even grabbed the muzzleloader, man. I just kept looking at my binos and I just, you know, I was like, I was like, I needed 15 minutes or five, even five. Like I could have got away with five, you know, five yeah. minutes. And, uh, yeah, I just watched him walk out of my life because again, my goal was to, I, I want to film. That's the big thing. I want it all on film. And, uh, I don't want to be that guy always telling stories that's like, yeah, this and that and that, and just doesn't have the footage of it. So, um, I let that buck walk out of my life and, uh, which is just wild to do for public land, you know? And, and I, I've already passed at this point in the season, I already passed numerous one thirties, one forties. And I'm just, now I'm passing one fifties because I have no camera light. You know, I had passed Caesar that other time as well because of no camera light. And, uh, yeah, so that was the first, you know, I guess you could say another opportunity, big opportunity I had for public land late season. And, I think just a couple days after that, Gary, he, uh, Gary from the hunting beast. He, uh, if you guys don't know him, um, you can go watch that episode, uh, me and him hunt together in that episode. He, he, uh, he kills a buck for his father and it's pretty emotional. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a great, it's a great story. It's a good video over there, but, um, they end up coming out him and his, his buddies and, and they come out. And so, you know, they, they kind of come out expecting Iowa to be the, the, the holy grail for public land. You know, that all, all the stories that everybody tells about Iowa. And don't get me wrong, I make Iowa sound really good. But uh, a lot of people don't realize that technically Iowa is the 49th out of 50 states for how much public land we have, uh, as in how little we have. Um, there's it's We are technically rated 48, but Kansas has walk-on public. So there, it puts us at 49 real, like in, in reality. And on top of that, the deer herd in Iowa is only about 430,000 deer yet. We have 550,000 hunters and you can, you combine very little public land and the pieces are very small with high hunting, like high hunting pressure in terms of how many deer we have, as well as numerous shows are obviously out of Iowa, which everybody always gets the cherry picked moments of how great Iowa is. And don't get me wrong. If you have private land in Iowa in a good neighborhood, best place in the world, hands down. But, but here's the big, but you come out here for public land and it can be good, but there's been a lot of laws that have changed. We've had a lot of CWD come through EHD and Iowa's good but it's not a fairy tale state anymore. I would compare it pretty heavily to, to Ohio, Southern Ohio, um, you know, parts of Wisconsin, um, thing, things like that. It's, it's probably, probably like parts of Southern Indiana as well. Um, again, it's good. There's big bucks out here, but uh, 
you're hunting a lot of these bucks coming off of private onto public. You're not, you know, you're not vast pieces of public that you're, you're hunting these bucks where they're always betting on, on public. That just doesn't exist. And you can kill them sometimes that way, but again, it's just not a common. So these guys come out kind of have the, the glow in their eye of, Oh man, we're in Iowa and they get out there and they're, they're, you know, they're hitting it, hitting it hard. And, they're not even seeing a deer <laughs> and they're, what is going on? You know, they're driving around, they're going all these places and, and, and doing what they can. And so finally I'm like, all right, you know, I don't have enough spots for all of you guys, but I was like, Gary, you know, I know his father passed and he was really coming down he tried to dedicate a buck to, to his father and his father had just recently passed. And so it was a big deal for him. And I'm like, you know what, it, you know, he would, he would love to get on some of these bucks that I had been passing. So, um, this would mean a lot to him. I'll dedicate some time to go and hunt with him out of my season and we'll just hunt together. And, oh my, man, we had, dude, we had a blast. I, I'm surprised we even seen a deer. Me and him were giggling the whole, the whole time in this stand, dude. It was just joke after joke after joke. I'm like, man, how are we, we're acting like kids up here. Like there's no way we're ever going to see a deer, which we did, uh, you know, lo and behold. Um, but uh, to uh, <laughs> the whole laughing thing, that did come in play. Um, <laughs> we go and we hunt this spot. It's it's a really cool spot. Some some private uh, there's a private food plot of a clover field. We go and hunt this spot together one night, and we're set up and we're joking around in the tree stand. We're laughing and I'm trying to do this interview and and it's like five o'clock and I'm trying to do this like closing interview. Like, oh, I'm probably not going to see any deer, you know, talk to you guys tomorrow, yada, yada, yada. And I no more than get up from that and get done with that. And I kind of turn and I look around and, uh, all of a sudden, like 40 yards away from behind this pine tree, Gary goes, deer, buck. And I look and <laughs> sure enough, it was this buck that I, one of the bucks I had been in under after. And to my knowledge, out of all my hunting buddies, who had been in that area. I was the only one that actually got to lay eyes on that, that buck for the whole year. And I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I mean, easy high, high 60s, low 70s, just a, just a giant 10 point huge tines really great frame he was he's a little weak on the mass um but we just have that's that's the genetics for that little pocket unfortunately but uh i mean just a massive buck and his buck he kind of stands up and i i I very briefly in the camera there's like two frames you can just see the camera's not even zoomed in the buck's like 50 yards away and all you just see is a wall of tines jumping behind one of these bushes so you just know it's a giant (laughs) and uh 
and he he kind of trots up and gets to a spot and and i didn't even know what buck it was at first and i'm like gary get on him get on him and he's like i can't find him i can't find him and the buck kind of disappears into the brush and you know if one of us was a little quicker we probably could have got like a quick shot off or something but again trying to do it on film trying to do all this stuff and it was i don't know i don't know if the buck heard us laughing he, he i don't even know where he came from like where he come in from i just you know there's those big old bucks being sneaky and and uh, i think he kind of heard me or seen some movement from that that interview that i was doing and that's the first time i've blown out a good buck from my you know working fiddling with my cameras so that kind of hurt um <laughs> and uh you know and then um that kind of leads into the story where a couple days later i take gary to the spot where i killed my 168 two three three years ago now was late late season and uh that's that's a that video is on the channel um it's also on midwest whitetail as well they have a version of it um but uh you can go and watch that video a great hunt great buck and uh so i take him there and i i know it's a killer spot um i talk to a lot of the farmers in in a lot of these areas and so a lot of times they leave me food sources on the public or they they kind of give me hints about where people are or not you know are or maybe not hunting and what sources are or not being hit and uh the farmer this is like a two-hour drive by the way from from my house and gary was like are you sure it's worth it i'm like it's worth it man because the farmer had been messaging me like every day he's like dude you need to come out here I'm like why he's like i left that soy germ up for you I'm like oh cool cool he's like yeah dude nobody's hunting I'm like, well, okay. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, but there's all these bucks in there. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm like, whatever, you know, you know, he's seen bucks, he's seen bucks every night, whatever, you know? And he's like, no, man, you need to get out there and hunt. I'm seeing all these deer. And I'm like, all right, fine. So, you know, we, we pack up, we drive the two hours to go out there and uh, we're not in the stand like 20 minutes and the field's filling with deer already. <laughs> I hunted that spot a couple times. I had one night where I had no joke, like 35 does in there and a handful of other bucks. And uh, so the farmer wasn't lying. I probably should take him a little more seriously, been out there hunting it, um, you know, a little sooner. But, uh, um, you know, we're out there and, and we're having a good time. We're laughing. And uh, this really nice buck, I don't have any history with him, any pictures of him. Um, you know, this is like two hours from my house. And, and I knew of the area. I just didn't, you know, I had killed my buck there from two, two, well, three years ago now. And so I didn't feel like I needed a camera in there to know it was good. And uh, this nice buck comes out hundred, you know, mid, mid one thirties class buck. And, and oh man, Gary's, he's so riled. He's like, let me, let me shoot it. Let me shoot it. Let me shoot. I'm like, Gary, let me wait. Like there could be another, like we could double. You never know. We still got daylight. Give it a second. Give it a second. And, and he, the buck come from a weird position and, uh, he was acting weird. And, and I, I figured he was going to come in and, and feed in the soy grim while he turns and he's about to go back into the, the thicket. Gary's like, let me shoot him. Let me shoot him. I'm like, okay, okay, quit. And I get the camera out. I'm like, shoot, 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 you know, and and he shoots it and and we thought he smoked it. It looks good. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, he totally smoked it. And we're sitting there, you know, we're hooting and hollering and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, cool, cool. And and there's 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 still deer filtering in from the other side of the soygram field. I'm like, okay, well, let's get quiet. You never know if another buck's gonna come out. Probably not, but you never know. And it's like 10 minutes later. And we see this little doe come out behind us and okay, cool, whatever, no big deal. And next thing you know, here comes another rack buck. And I turn around, I'm looking, wow, that's a good buck. And I pull up the binos, I'm looking and I'm like, Gary, didn't you hit that buck? 
He's like, yeah. Are you sure? And I'm like, look at this buck. And he pulls up the scope and he's like, that's my buck. And it's <laughs> and I'm like, I thought you got it. I thought, you know, I thought you should, I, I jumped that I, I watched the footage back. It looked like you hit him. And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, just in case, load your gun. You know, you can't shoot, you can't shoot two two bucks out here. It's, it's a one buck state. So we have to be very careful that yeah. he's not about to shoot uh, another buck that's the same, you know, a different buck. And the buck ends up making it into like 40 yards. And what it was was that this doe was hot. You know, we're talking like mid-January. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 like late, like early January. It's like January 5th or something. Like I can't remember the exact date. But she's hot. It's this little fawn. And she's hot. And so this his buck that he had already shot, I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a second, comes into 40 yards behind this doe. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, man, it has the same, the same crab claws. On either side, the left side's bigger, the same curved brows, the beams swoop up, looks the same, the same Roman nose. I'm like, there's no way this is a different buck. So as I'm telling Gary, I'm like, it has to be the same buck. Just shoot it. And he, boom, and he smokes it. And, and uh, yeah, so what we end up finding out is he shot that buck the first time and hit it. And it hit the, the scalpula, like the shoulder. And it deformed the round, and it stuck in its shoulder. Huh. It didn't penetrate. It didn't go through that buck's shoulder. And it was – and granted, it was like a 110-yard shot the first time. The buck was quartering away. But it, it broke the shoulder, but the round never penetrated. So that buck being shot turned around and came back a few minutes later for that hot doe, for that fawn. And he, he smoked him at like 40 yards. <laughs> Crazy. Was it, that was muzzleloader, right? Yeah, that was – Man, so that was, those, those muzzleloader bullets, you got to be careful on those, dude. They don't, they don't hold the power of that. If you put it in the right spot, they they kill. But every deer I've ever killed with them, they don't bleed a lot, and you know they don't. Yep. They don't. Uh, they don't mushroom like a normal bullet, and and carry, especially when you get out there at longer ranges. You know. Yeah. So. Yes. So that. So That's that a crazy was, story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, my season this this past year was just wild, man. Like, you know, we're I'm only hitting the the high notes here, but I had like individual days that I could just keep talking and talking and talking about that just just wild <laughs> i just i couldn't like i said i can't i can't say i had a bad year regardless of not harvesting you know i had uh, harvesting a buck i had opportunities again and and what we'll touch on the, the the i guess the last really good opportunity that i had um you know here and then and then we can go from there but uh you know gary and them they end up packing up they leaving and we only have a few days left of season it's like january 7th now i believe and those bucks that I hunted that that pinch that I had seen that 150 10 with the clipped ears 150 inch 10 there I had been eye in that area I had a lot of really good bucks in there uh early on and a bunch of velvet photos kind of in that area and I'm like man you know there's a food source there that I bet there has to be bucks bedded on the public and I kind of said screw it and I had looked over the maps and there's just clear cut back in there that I had been looking at for like two years and I'm like, man, it's a long walk. It's, it's kind of hard to get to. It's one of those things that if you're, you know, if to hunt that you're going to have to ruin other bedding. And I've just never wanted to go in there and commit to doing that. And I just said, you know what, I'm running out of days. I'm going to go in there because all the signs from my, my the pictures I had of these bucks, the timing of when these bucks got to these points and everything like that, like when they hit that pinch that one night. So those younger bucks, they come out earlier. So they had to be either in that hub or that little bottom that I was saying that had that 
that cover in it because they come out within daylight. But those other bucks, they come out past that point. They were right at dark, which meant they had to be long lining. And there's only that clear cut that sets up for that wind in in that direction from across that creek. And so I was like, you know what? That's where we're going. So I go out there that night, and it's so quiet, man. It is dead quiet. I mean, I'm I'm like blades of grass man sounded like i was just you know beating baseball bats against the tree and i get to this spot i get right on the edge of the clear cut and sure enough i jump these two younger younger bucks i'm like man okay well there's my night you know i'm like all right you know everything knows i'm here i haven't even set up yet and i'm like well stay positive just set up you never know so i'm trying to set up in this tree and it's a shag bark (laughs) and I'm trying to you know, put my sticks on this tree. And I swear, man, every time I put a, you know, a stick on the tree and I step on it, it's just like just scraping yeah, down man. the tree, man. And every it, it, I, it took forever to get set up. And by the time I was set up, man, I wanted to just leave. I was like, there's no way I'm going to see anything. <laughs> everything in a two mile radius has heard me trying to get into this tree. And, uh, you know, and it's it's coming down to like last light. Last, I don't know, at this point, barely have camera light, but about 10, 15 minutes left of, you know, standard shooting light. And I don't have a great camera. You know, I told you I don't have a bunch of money. So what camera I do have is not super optimized for low light, but it has good zoom, which I I feel is a good trade off for for getting better footage, being self-filming. And um, so we got that last few minutes of light. And here come these does come filtering out of the clear cut. I'm like, hey, cool. You know, I'm happy on public land if I see a deer, it's a success. Um, so I'm like, sweet, you know, cool. Got to see some deer. These does come filing out. And all of a sudden, I'm like, man, that's a really, that's a really big body doe at the back. I'm looking, I pull up the binos and and it's sniffing one of the fawns. And I realize, I'm like, that's a sh- that's a shedded buck. And I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, both sides. The, and at this point, it's like 50, this buck's like 50 yards in front of me. Turns and looks at me. It's the clip deer 10. He had shed both sides already on January 7th. I was I did, I was flustered because I did have just enough light. I could have turned the camera on, pointed it on him, and you know made the shot. And I'm looking. I'm like, I, how really? Like this is another, another thing of my season. I'm like, come on. You know, I just, just uh, adding to the season of just crazy events. And uh, I just couldn't believe it that, that he's standing there 50 yards in front of me and both sides are gone. And I know we had that, we had a couple days out here where it was, we had three, four days where it was felt like negative 30, negative 35. It was crazy. So I know it was a really hard year on some of these bucks, which I think is why we had a lot of shed uh, uh, buck shed really early out here in Iowa. And, uh, you know, at this point, there's like five minutes left of light and I hear crunching behind me this time coming right on the edge of the tree line. And uh, I see this really big body coming at me basically walks right under my tree. I mean, at this point, it's just about 30 yards coming right, right at me. And I just noticed when it steps out because, you know, it's pretty dark, but I, I noticed once it gets – again, there's just enough shooting light. Once it gets in that 30-yard range, I see this giant side and he kind of poking around the tree. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, here we go. And I was – part of me was like, well, we should just take our – take our shot here because you know we ain't going to get it on film no matter what this year this is just how it is and so i'm sitting there debating on if i want to shoot something off film or not and i'm pulling up the binos and i'm looking and i'm his head is 
this buck's head is directly behind this tree in line with me. And I just see this giant right side. And I'm like, what buck is that? Man, that's a huge buck. Wow, that frame's huge. And I'm looking, I'm like, man, you know, that, that tree's not that wide. Where's the left side? And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking. And finally, he takes two steps forward. And it clicks who it is. It's this mega eight point that I had been after. That's the first time I'd ever seen him. I only had like three or four pictures of him. Just this huge, I mean, clean 160-inch eight. Just massive eight. And uh, fully mature. And he had shed his left side already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, at that point, I'm like, do I shoot him off camera and then go try to find his left side? I'm like, we got three days left this season. I'm like, I'm not, nope. I, I have a goal. I'm not shooting him off camera. Doesn't matter. There's three days left this season. He's probably not going to get shot by somebody else. I'll hunt him this year. Just let him go. And so I had these two, in one night, I had two mature bucks walk within 50 yards of me and then out of my life on the seventh. And um, I think, uh, you know, I had some other encounters with some decent bucks. There was a 140 in that area that I, I kind of got on, and I was in there hunting him, and, and he just didn't want to get up in the daylight. He was really close to the food, and so I'd go and hunt him. I'd climb down, and I had a cell, cam- cell camera there at that point. I was getting pretty desperate trying to get, get on one of these bucks, and, uh, <laughs> and it would be like I'd get down. He'd, he was probably in his bed 100, 100, 200 yards away listening to me. I'd get down and leave, and he'd get up and walk by the camera, go out to the food. Yeah, I hate <laughs> so, that. I've been yeah. doing that. That happens to me a lot in like October when I go to hunt a scrape. Mm-hmm. I'll be on a hot scrape and there'd be close to daylight or daylight on it, you know, one one morning or one evening. And I'll go in there and they're, they were, as I'm walking in there, they're hitting the scrape. Or as I'm walking out, they're hitting the scrape. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I think, I think he was, I, I, I do think he could probably hear me. He's an older buck. He's not super big genetic wise. He's like mm, high 40s. But I know he's an older buck. I've, I've had three years of history with him. It's just not something I usually was chasing. But at that point, I just didn't have any more targets, man. Yeah. I really didn't. I had exhausted every option I had had. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll, at least look at him in person and uh it's like when i started haunting him he just he knew he was like no no i ain't playing that and i'm not a big pusher so i didn't want to go in there and i had a couple people offer to to wind bump him toward me and i just i didn't want to do that i wanted to hunt him you know out of a stand out of out of a sit wait for him to come to me and say i beat him that way and so I got a picture of him. That was the eighth. And then the ninth, I got a picture of him that night when he come out and he had shed his right side. So well, we ain't hunting him. So very last day, the 10th, I uh, went out to a brand new piece of public, never been to it. They had just opened it. And uh, I just, a bunch of oxbows in it. And I went and buried myself in this really far back oxbow that uh, I assumed would be where, you know, the biggest of any kind of big buck would be in uh, that late in the year. And right at the head, of, I was I was basically at the head of the oxbow, but right at the bend of the river where the, the oxbow kind of bend and kind of come out, there was a pinch between that and the swamp. There's just a massive scrape. There was huge. And that's kind of another thing that was like, okay, I'll go hunt that. That buck's coming from that oxbow. Well, I'm not always right. And, uh, you know, that's just hunting. That's just what it is. And, and you, you got you to be humble and, and know that um, because uh, a buck ended up coming out of one of the islands in the swamp, went to that scrape. And I kid you not, I hear some splooshing in the river. And uh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know there was a buck on that scrape behind me. And I hear some splooshing in the river coming from 
the uh, the oxbow on the opposite side of the river. And here's this little doe swimming up out of the out of the river, and she comes right by that scrape, and that that buck sees her, and I see the buck, and I'm like, holy crap! Like this is like a 170 man, he's huge. And uh, which, by the way, I had gotten a tip from a buddy because this place had just turned to public that this was a big time like go there there's just giants everywhere right used to be heavily managed uh you know and then they the state bought it and and so it's like you need to get in there yeah and uh because like this year i'm gonna i'm gonna hunt it this year but unfortunately i don't want to give too much information information out about it Um, yeah yeah but unfortunately just let's just say that it's going to get pounded and it'll be burnt out very quick. So we'll leave it at that. But anyway, I go in there and, and I'm, I turn back and I see this little doe and she gets up and I realize, Nope, that's not a tree. That's, that's a 170 standing there at that scrape. You know, that's not a bush. And, uh, I'm like, Whoa, you know, and this is, dude, this is like 180 yards. I'm not shooting 180 yards with my muzzleloader. Technically I could have tried to shoot to 200. I had it kind of sighted in for that, but just not something I'm trying to do freehand out of a saddle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, also I hear splooshing in the river and I look and here comes like a 160 following that little fawn. The 10th, he comes out, he gets up top. Those two bucks see each other, dude, they go at it. They, they slam into each other and they're going at it for like 10 seconds. And the bigger buck, the one, like the 170 ish, he legitimately throws, not throws, but pushes the, 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 the smaller buck off the, like the 20 foot river bank. And the buck rolls and falls off the bank into the river, then swims the river back across and sits on the North wind oxbow. I was on the South wind oxbow on the, on the other side, then sits in there in that thicket. And I tried to call to him. And, uh, the, the big buck just took his fawn and took the fawn and left and heading out to heading out to food. And the, the other buck, he just stood all defeated, soaking wet. You know, there was ice in the river and I'm sure he was cold. He's on that North wind of the uh, North side of the, the, the oxbow. And he's like 150 yards through the brush. And I can just barely see him as lights fading. And I called to him a couple of times and he looked over. He's like, uh, no. Yeah. I got my butt beat once tonight. We ain't doing that time. again. Yeah, yep. And uh, yeah, that's how my season ended, man. That was uh, that. Them are the highlights. That's. It was a crazy year for sure. Yeah, what an absolute year full of giants and encounters and close calls. And I thought I had a lot of close calls, but man, it doesn't even compare to to what you had going on. But like like you mentioned before, you're hunting a ton of days. And you're got a ton of intel and you've been doing it for a few years now to where you're kind of collecting the data and being able to make the moves on it. Um, and it, if you're passionate about anything, especially, you know, as much as you are giving up as much as you are, um, you're going to find success one way or the other if you put the work in. So, yeah, well, that's when I was watching your content. I was like, dude, just the amount of footage of bucks that you had. I was like, man, <laughs> like this guy is on stuff, like a lot yeah. of deer. Um, and it yeah. was really cool. Like every day you're, I'm like, you're like, oh, I'm, you know, out here doing this. And then there's a, a solid buck. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no, like we had a lot of guys would shoot, you know, and there's yep. another solid buck. And then there's some chasing. There's another solid buck. I'm like, man, this guy is, that's when I found your stuff. And then, uh, I think I followed you on Instagram already, but I didn't follow you on Facebook and I got on your Instagram and I was like, I got to send this guy a message, just see, um, you know, kind of what he's thinking if he wants to even come on and, and share what he's got going on. Cause you know, a lot of people, uh, don't. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story of, uh, hunting these giant, you know, public land bucks. And I know there's some listeners out there that are going to be following you. 
and that learn stuff from this episode that they're going to try. Um, I'm going to try some of the stuff you talked about. So I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and, and spending a long time chatting with me now, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love it. And, uh, you know, I've been a long time listener of you. So when the opportunity come up, I was like, definitely. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of this was storytelling. A lot of it was just talking about my season. Um, you know, and we talked a little bit about tactics and things I do. I will say that, I, I plan to start kind of giving a sneak peek. I plan to start a series called Mapping Trophy Whitetails. And it's just a lot of it is there's a book, first of all, called Mapping Trophy Bucks. And um, a lot of it comes from a lot of these like old time uh, old timers where they have these, you know, a lot of these books that are out and, and a lot of new guys too. a lot, you know, just I mean, there's so many names, but it's just it's bits and pieces of things that I've found success in. And of different situations, different habitat types, different terrains. And I'm just going to start a series, putting it out there on YouTube. And uh, it's going to be called, like I said, like Mapping Trophy Whitetails. And it's just going to go over each of these individual situations, scenarios. And I know a lot of people have done things like that. But my goal is to really bring it, um, bring the camera work with it. You know, a lot of, a lot of, that's, that's my goal with my channel is, is I love this, this cinematic how cinematic like Midwest whitetail is. I love the footage that they get that they capture. And there's just not a lot of guys on public land who are doing the same thing. And for the caliber of bucks that these guys on private land are doing. And, you know, and that just, that's kind of the niche that I'm trying to fall into. And I'm trying to show guys that, you know, if you're really dedicated, you can go out there and kill some giants on public land. They still exist. And uh, I'm trying to do it in a way that I can tell a story and, and really, you know, the, the footage is there. And uh, I don't think a lot of guys realize that, you know, me as an editor and, and a videographer, the, the camera equipment that I carry in, I mean, you can see the bag in some of the videos. It's between 35 and 42 pounds of just camera equipment between the, the arms, the different cameras, all my extra batteries. And, and you know, to carry all the, the camera that I carry in with the zoom ability that it has and the quality ability, you know, I'm, I'm carrying that extra 40 pounds on public yeah. all the time. And it's, it's tough, just, dude. I really do it, but I, but I do it because I really want to bring people. I, I try to make a show that I would watch. And I'm so caught up in watching everybody else's content too. And I just want, I want something that people can watch and, and it's still big deer. It's still relatable. It's public land. And, uh, they can just, you know, go out there and be like, yeah, I can do that too. And, yeah. and have that success. And, and, um, you know, that I have, um, I do have a, uh, public lands. I have, obviously I have a bunch of socials people can follow, um, you know, public land whitetails on YouTube, Facebook, uh, TikTok. believe it or not, that apparently is a big hunting following on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> um, and, um, my Instagram is just, you know, my name, Cody Hoon, uh, on Instagram, you can follow me there. Uh, you're welcome to friend me on Facebook. And I also have a group public land whitetails group. That is a, it's a group that everybody can come and post to if they uh, just want to talk as long as it's, you're not trying to sell something and it has to do with public land. I have no problem with it. Nice, man. Well, like I said, I just watching your videos, the little bit I did, I, I kind of got a feel for the guy that you were and then having the podcast with you, I'm like, it's exactly who I thought you were. Just someone that's absolutely engulfed with it. Um, and I, like I said on the first episode, I really enjoyed chatting with you. A lot of good knowledge in here, a lot of good storytelling. Um, and 
like it's February now and I'm already thinking about moves that I, <laughs> I need to make, you know, like I need to get a camera in here. I need to stop messing around. I need to go try this spot. Cause it's one of those spots. It's like really hard to get to. You don't know how you would hunt it. Like it's like, you're going to be exhausted when you get there, but it's probably mm-hmm. one of the best pieces on the place. You know, there's probably a giant working back in there. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I just need to, do it you know so i uh, i really appreciate you coming on and and spending a couple hours with me chatting whitetail dude oh man i loved it I, I appreciate you having me honestly all right well that wraps up cody officially on the part two um i hope you guys enjoyed this part one part two kind of episode i did um chatting with cody i just it was just so entertaining and we we probably chatted another 50 minutes off the line there uh, about whitetail and what he's got going on but make sure and follow his content check it out lots of stuff to digest in these episodes um cody's a killer dude really good content on some stuff to to really think about but uh, like always try to do the right thing until next wednesday um try to leave a legacy I love you guys, and Whitetail Legacy is out. I'm coming in your ear holes at 11 a.m. Central Time next Wednesday. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.